Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. have access to in this life than God's Word. I remember a few years ago, someone met, you know, someone was going through some tough times. And so I met the person and I said, well, you could have, you know, come to the office. Let's talk about it. He says, um, I know I, there's a reason I didn't come. So I said, oh, why? He said, oh, if I come now, you say uh, uh, the word, the word, the word. I said, oh, okay. So what else? Am I supposed to say the word candle and salt or what else? You know, many times we, and we'll talk about it as we continue this evening, we've come to the place where sometimes people feel why overemphasizing the word. Right? Like, ah, I know it. No, you don't know it except it's working for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't know it except it's working for you. <laughs> when I was a bit younger, we were in the village then. My landlord had a, he had a car. He's one of the wealthiest men in the village. So I, I said I wanted to learn how to drive a car. I don't even know what inspired me. And so his son, who could drive at that time, was well older. I said, okay, he will teach me. So he drew, you know, in those days, cars. I don't know. Okay, I think they still have them now. Those manual cars that would have gear one, gear two, you know. So he drew that thing. So he asked me to memorize it. So I memorized it, memorized it, memorized it, memorized it. So he would ask me, where is gear one? I would say, this way, this way. You know. So the dad went out. He took me into the car. So I looked at the car. He said, where is gear one? <laughs> you know, no clue. And while we were entering that car, I was entering with confidence that I knew where Giawon was. You know, you can have you can have arrogance in your ignorance in life. Boldness is not a sign of knowledge. You can be boldly foolish. Very bold. So you don't know something about God's word until it starts working in your life. How many of you think you know so much about the fruit of the Spirit now? You don't want to raise your hand again. Pastor Mary, where's Pastor Mary? She's sitting somewhere. She, don't want to, uh, she has spent throughout this year teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know that you don't know self-control until an opportunity comes to exercise it? You realize that when that opportunity comes, you say, let's leave self-control alone. That's when you realize you haven't done what? Understood it. So, Every opportunity we get to dig into the Word of God, we want to be grateful to God for it. How many of you are grateful that you're here this evening? All right, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that signs and wonders will take place at the teaching of your Word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, we started looking at School of Destiny. Where did we stop on Sunday? What concentration did we stop on Sunday? General concentration. All right. So, I'll, I'll build up from there today. 
And I said, no one fulfills destiny going into it casually. You cannot be casual about your life and expect to excel. And, and it's very important. And when I mean casual about your life, it's every area of your life. Every area. Financially, spiritually, and all the wise. Many, many times, you, when you look at life, especially when you look at some people you grew up with, or some people you had spent some time with, let's say they are not living a very good life or they are not doing well, if you would look carefully, you would realize that that life they are living now was a product of their choices, right? It's a product of their choices. But when you look at it, you would realize that it's not a product of one choice. It's a product of what? Product of what? Combination of what? Multiple choices, right? It's a product of the combination of multiple choices. But look at this. It wasn't it wasn't a combination of multiple complex choices. Okay, let me go back so you understand it. Two people, if you look at your life, and every one of us has that example. You've got somebody you played with in school, somebody you were seen in the same class, look at their lives now in one end, and your life is on this end. How did they get there? Series of decisions. Series of decisions. Okay. Now, those decisions, my, I mean, one person can just make a decision and you feel like, oh, it's this decision that really buried this person. No, that's not the decision that buried that person. That's the decision that made the clouds full. The Bible says if the clouds be full, what will happen? It will empty itself on the ground. So that's the decision that made the clouds full, but that's not the decision that destroyed that person. What destroyed that person was a series of daily decisions that was piling up the cloud. Are you following this? That decision not to read? Okay? So let's say you're writing exams and you find, you know, somebody trying to cheat in the exam. That cheating the person is trying to do in the exam is not just that one decision. That thing started because the person made a decision at the beginning of the class not to copy notes. Are you following this? I mean... My first degree, my first first degree is in education, all right? And I grew up, grew up among teachers. And I can tell you the easiest way, the easiest way to pass any exam, just sit in the class, take the notes, read your notes after class. No exam will be difficult for you. If you're a very intelligent student, you don't even have to be intelligent. If you're a very obs- observant student, you'd realize that whatever the teacher is going to set in exams, he has a way of repeating it. That's why one of the secrets of passing exams is show up in lecture. And you realize that most people who fail don't show up. So, why we talk about the general consecration to fulfill destiny is for you to understand that every single day you're making a choice that builds up your destiny. Every single day. And, and if there's something right now in my life that I really want people to get is to understand that every day counts. Every day counts. Every day counts. 
And I was telling pastor this evening as we were getting ready for service, I said, there's no future we're looking forward to again. This is the future. Because you just realize, you keep looking to this vague thing called the future. Meanwhile, the future is being crafted every day. Praise the name of the Lord. So, general consecration, let's go, we talked about 1 John 5, 3, right? The commandments of God are not grievous. Whatever commandment God gives to us are not grievous. Many years ago, I heard a minister say, and I like the way he said it, that God's commandments are His love letters to us. Don't see them as burden. Come to 1 John. 1 John 5, 3. Like, right? For this is the love of God. What is the love of God? How do we express love for God? He says that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. The King James says they are not grievous. They are not burdensome. That means... We need to change the way we see God's commandment. Are you paying attention this evening? Don't see God's commandment as a burden. You know, I wrote something. It, it will be shared on the church platform uh, tomorrow. And I wrote something on social media. Don't think that this world was designed for you to grow spiritually. Okay? Nobody is going to their factory to design a phone that will make you serve God more. Nobody's, I mean, except the person is a Christian, nobody's designing a movie that would encourage your growth in God. Everything in this world is designed to distract you from God. You have to make the choice that this will not distract me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even your work. I know most of you here, if you talk to your boss, left for them, you should come to work on Sunday. Nobody's giving you a job to say, you know what, I really want to give you this job so we can pay you well enough so you can really save God on Sunday. No. That's why those that work Sunday morning, there's extra money for them. So you have to make up your mind. There's nothing in this world that would encourage you to pursue God. You have to make that choice. Now, it says the commandments of God are not burdensome. You don't have to see God's commandments as a burden. When God tells you to do something, don't see it as a burden. So you need to change the way you see God's instruction. Whatever God tells you to do in His Word, it's because He loves you. It's the expression of His love. God's commandments are the expression of His love. Praise God. Are you still here? God's commandments are what? The expression of His love. It's like when you have a child, right? And you tell the child, don't do this. Don't do that. How many of you know growing up, we really could not wait to leave our father's house? Because we just felt like, ah, what is it? Somebody wants to play. They say, don't play. You want to do this. It's almost like growing up, it's almost like you had, don't do, don't do, don't do, then do, do, do. But when you now, it's interesting that now that we are older and we've got our own kids, the very same thing Right, we felt was a burden to us is the same thing we are telling our children. How many of you? Okay, don't raise your hand. Your children are in church. Eh? But how many of you growing up, your parents are like, don't watch too much TV. Right? You felt like, ah, oh, what is it? Now, you have your own TV. And what are you doing? You can't watch TV until it's weekend. Why? When you were growing up, you felt it was a burden. Why not lift the burden? For your children, you now realize it wasn't a burden. It was out of love. If we change the way we see God's instruction, 
it will change how we react to it. It says, the love of God is that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For instance, God says, in everything, give thanks. didn't say for, in, whatever circumstance you're in, give thanks. He says, no. And you start complaining. And your words have power. And the things you complain about come to pass. Say what you want. Have the right confession about life. Pray. Do this. I want us in this local church and everyone listening to me have a daily approach to life. Have a daily approach. Every day you get up, make that day a day of fulfilling destiny. You pray. You say the right words. You have the right attitude towards life. You obey God's word that day. Don't wait for a magical future that's going to come. Every day you're crafting your future. Every day you're building your future. Sometimes when you look at you know, marriages that, that you know, fell apart, you know, people sit down and they want you in one counseling session to revel what took place four years over the time. This man had neglected his you know, woman for a couple of years. Right? And they just... And you know, sometimes those things can be interesting. Just say, okay, share everything I said to you. Oh yeah, to both of you stand up. Oh yeah, hug yourself. Say, I love you. <laughs> you might just say, I love you. You may leave the door. Say, you, you. I will deal with you. You realize that it's, it's not going to be that quick. And then one incident pulls everything apart. It's like, ah, I said, put the matches on the left. You put it on the right. And you're asking yourself, does a matchstick have the capacity to pull two people apart? No. But that matchstick was the final matchstick that filled the clouds. What about if you think of life like that? That every day you get up, you're filling a cloud. A cloud of fulfilling destiny or a cloud of walking away from destiny. Nobody backslides in one incident. They stop from listening to messages. Stop from praying because they are angry with God. God didn't answer the last two prayers. He answered the third one, but not the last two, which he has told God that God should really focus about if he's serious about you serving him. And God didn't take notes. Right? Expectations open. Then they stop coming to church. And then when you ask them, they've got this wonderful story of how they want to just take time for themselves and sort things out without God. Are you following? Then after they build a theory on you don't really know church. And that's it. What about if we view God's commandment as His love work to us? Instructions of love. Let's read something. General consecration. Remember, talking about how to fulfill destiny. Deuteronomy 32, 47. I want us to use the Amplified. Deuteronomy chapter 32. In verse 47. It says, For it is not an empty... Uh, can we go to verse 46? Verse 46. He said to them, Can we all just... You can write it down, but let's look at the Amplified Version if you can see it. He said to them, Set your minds and hearts on all the words. This was Moses as they were going into... Uh, t- talking to the children of Israel. 
which I command you this day. He says that you may command them to your children, that they may be watchful to do all the words of this law. He says, pay attention to the words I'm telling you. Because you ought to teach your children. You see, why was God telling them this? Because they were a holy nation, a chosen generation. God wanted to set them apart from every nation on the earth. You cannot do what others do and expect to live a different life. You cannot have the same walk schedule that everybody else has and expect to stand out. You cannot be as lazy as everybody else and expect to have an excellent life. If you're, if you're conscious about fulfilling destiny, you have to be conscious about every area of your life. Bring order to your life. Bring order to your finances. Bring order to your spiritual... And expect high standards of yourself. And God wanted to set the children of Israel apart. He wanted them to be a model nation. And what did God tell them? I'm going to give you a set of commandments... When everybody else is doing something, you can't do it because you're a holy nation and a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. This particular food, you cannot eat. This particular lifestyle, you cannot live it. Why was God, Is it because God hated? No, it was because God was giving them daily practices that will make them do what? Fulfill destiny. So you cannot eat this, you cannot eat this, you cannot do that, you cannot do this. The more you try to make your life like everybody else's life, the more you walk away from fulfilling the particular destiny God has for you. You have to be comfortable with the commands of God. Nobody changes history living like everyone else's. Right? You know, the truth of the matter is that when we talk about intelligent, this one is intelligent, this one is not intelligent. You know, sometimes those things are just, are just the fact that people are not paying attention enough to their books. You go to school, you've been taught, then you don't read your books. Then exact time, you just carry your book and start reading. I say it's not entering. Where, where will it pass to enter? Why will he enter? It wasn't designed to enter in one day. That's why you have a semester. That's why you have, you know, it wasn't. Hmm? It's like those of you who enroll for online courses, you forget your password until you get final notification two days to the close of this exam. Then you reset password. Then you are listening to 50 videos in one night. You blinking your eyes like that. Blinking your eyes. And then you manage to scale through 50. They give you a certificate. And they ask you something about that video. No clue. What about if you change your approach to study? Next verse. 47. Word of God. For it is not an empty and worthless trifle. For you. It's not empty. It's not worthless. He says it is your very life. Look at this. He says the commands of God and the words of God, they are your very life. By it you shall live long in the land which you are going over to Jordan to possess. I like this. He says this command I'm giving to you is the reason you will live long in the land you're going to. Can I tell you something? God's word to you is the reason 
you fulfill purpose. See it that way. You know, I was coming out of the office this, this evening. It's coming into service. And at the beginning of the year, I, I put some faith goals for our books ministry. Some, some amount I wanted us to sell in the books ministry and a couple of stuff. I just put it on my, on my, on my board. It's something I started praying with at the beginning of the, of the, of the year. You know, but as I was going out of the office, I looked at the figure and I saw the last sales that was made yesterday was the exact figure, just over and above. Over and above. And then it just sank in my heart again. Life is very deliberate. You know, when I passed it, I was like, ah, I should have written something more. But you know, as of when I wrote that in January, can you imagine what is my faith goal? It was huge. We hadn't hit that. We hadn't gotten to that in years. Life is precise. I was telling pastor that if you consistently are experiencing suffering in a particular area, sit in the mirror and tell yourself the truth. What am I doing wrong or what am I not learning? You are either doing something wrong or you are not what? Learning something. You are constant, consistently owing rent. You are constantly in debt. You are constantly quarreling with your wife. Why are you quarreling with your wife every day? Oh, I married a witch. You would be very, very special. Out of all the human beings in the world, you will be amazingly, amazingly gifted. Out of 7 billion people in the world, you picked a witch. Boy, how amazing are you? All the people you knew, all the people that know you, those falling for you and those falling against you, you left all of them with your prayers, your seed, your poems, your dressing, you intentionally chose a witch and gathered the church introduced her to your pastor and snapped picture together even bought a white gun for her how blessed are you among people what about if you are the problem that just as you consciously picked a witch you are also consciously making wrong decisions. Do you realize that the truth of the matter is that we never look ourselves in the mirror and say we are the problem. It's always someone else. It's never us. Because you know, after God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ is Maxwell and then the rest of the world. Because everybody is perfect after God. Have you heard people talk to you when they are in crisis and say, you know, in this matter I'm a very, very humble person. And I say it with all humility. Okay. <laughs> I'm never wrong. What about if we allow the word of God to check our hearts? How many of you think we'll fulfill destiny more? Just allow the word of God to speak to us. It says, these words are your very life. Can I rephrase this? 
your actions every day constitute your very life. Everything. Every, see, listen. Every single day you get up, what you do builds your life. Right? You are either making a confession or you are grumbling. How many of you know you're building something? It's either you're murmuring or you're in faith. You're building something. It's either you're forgiving someone or you're walking in bitterness. How many of you know you're building something? If you're walking in bitterness, what are you building in your heart? The root of bitterness. And what's going to happen? It's going to defy you. What about if you choose to walk in love? The character of Christ is being formed. Okay, let's be very honest. Every one of us here, right? How many of us have books we plan to read this year? Right? <laughs> and we have not opened the books. Don't worry, nobody's looking. It's only me that is seeing you. Raise your hand. You have not bought it. Okay, some people... I, you have made heaven already. We'll put you in the first batch. But can you... No, that's it, right? There are even some... They have not even bought the book. But what, what, what month are we in already? September. How many of you know that if there is any book... I want to make this very practical, right? This is the Word of God, but I just want to give you something practical. How many of you know that any book, any book at all, that was either recommended for you or you decided to buy or you chose to buy, how many of you know there is information in that book that you need? Let me show you something very practical. Follow me. How many of you know there is information in that book that you need or you want to learn? Alright. How many of you know that your life wouldn't move further without that information? I mean, you will live, but it wouldn't move further because you don't have that information. Right? Now, any day you choose to get that information is when that knowledge comes to you. So, the question is, what is delaying you getting that knowledge? Who? It's not me, no. <laughs> What's delaying you getting that knowledge? Your action of not buying the book or reading the book. Now, if at the beginning of the year, you felt like, I needed this knowledge to get better. And it's taken this month, you've not acquired this same knowledge. What is the guarantee that next year will be better at the same level of ignorance? Albert Einstein said that if problems were created at a particular level, what would the solution be? The solution would be found at what? Higher level of knowledge. So, your ignorance on certain areas of life should be of a great concern to you. And if you already know how to find the solution, then you do yourself a great disservice if you're not consciously scheduling your time to find that solution. Now, where's the book to start? God's Word. If this is the ultimate book that we build anybody's life, then... Deuteronomy 32, 47 says, this is your very life. It will be unfortunate not to build your life around this book. Knowing its content, believing its content, living its content, speaking its content. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? It says, "For can I have the good news translation? Or the message? Okay. It's okay, it's okay. Leave it. Good news. 
These teachings are not empty words. If you read First Thessalonians, Paul said on how the Thessalonians received this teaching, he says, you did not receive these teachings as empty words of man, but as it is the word of God. You know, every, let me use every week, every week we get a message from somewhere around the world of people who got a hold of our teachings and bam, their life was supernaturally transformed. I got a message this afternoon. Someone in Ghana who said, I stumbled on your teachings. My finances were in order. I was indebted. Stumbled on your wisdom for living series. I rearranged my finances. I'm doing well now. I can pay my rent. I can do stuff just by listening to those teachings. And how many of you know there are people who sit in those teachings and say, that's not the solution? I think one of the greatest things that have given me peace of mind in doing ministry is I've stopped judging the effectiveness of what I teach by the people I see every day. I mean, it should, it should work in the people I see every day, but I realize that sometimes the people that listen to you every day have a way of just feeling, ah, oh, it's pastor again. Or, you know, you can like the story part of it. Say, I like our pastor. You can laugh. Yeah, if the man is teaching, you will just laugh and laugh. You can, you can like the laugh part of it. When Pastor Mary is teaching, she says, Pastor Mary has a story. I just like her. That's why I just like her. When she's teaching, you just say, there's this man. They say, mm-hmm. At that point, I pay attention. No problem. You can pay attention to what you choose to pay attention to, but ensure that the teachings are transforming your life because they are not what? Empty words. Right? It says, they are your very life. Obey them and you will live long in the land across the Jordan that you're about to occupy. So God's word, these are not just books written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Peter. These are your very life. John 6, 63. What does the Bible say? The words I speak to you, what are they? They are spirit and they are what? Life. So God's word is life to you. Okay. So that's general consecration. Okay. Let's now move to personal consecration. There are two Two I'll deal with. Personal and seasonal. Personal consecration. This is a consecration that is required for your life. Now, pay attention to personal consecration. This consecration, we've talked about general consecration, okay? So let me give you an example. For instance, the scripture says, do not steal. Right? Listen, for any believer who wants to fulfill destiny, that's general consecration. Okay, so God's word to us is general. I, I don't know if you, if you follow me. Let me use another example. If you go to school, like in the university, right? Um, if you are in science department, okay? Not even science department. I think in 100 level, for almost all university students, there are general studies, right? Do they still do GST? Not sure what they do now, but it <laughs> looks like we finished school 72 years ago. It's amazing. All right, boy. That's not when I finished school. I said it looks like. Okay. It's like, ah. Okay, so that general studies, what happens? Is expected that everybody will do what? Hey, help me. Everybody will do what? Go through it, pass that exam. It's just general studies. Now, if you are now studying medicine or uh, arts course or something, what will now happen? You now have your course or faculty. There's even faculty. There are faculty courses, right? 
So the faculty courses are based on the faculty, education, science, arts, management. All right? Now, in science, there is now computer science, mechanical engineering, chemical engineering that are specific to that department. That's how life is. There is the general studies, which is the word of God. Then there is the faculty studies, right? Which is your personal consecration. That's what God is demanding of you. Then I'll talk about seasonal consecration. Let's go to Mark, 6, Mark 19. Interesting story. Verse 16 to 22. Mark chapter 19. Oh, thank you, Lord. No. What did I say? No, 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 no. Matthew, not Mark, sorry. Were you guys turning to Mark 19? <laughs> Mark is not up to 19. Matthew 19, 16 to 22. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the interesting thing I'm looking at, how many of you have ever picked uh, a Bible reading plan? Let me see, see your hands. You've ever picked a Bible reading plan to finish the Bible in one year? <laughs> okay, how many of you finished it? No, 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 no. How many of you picked it? Raise your hand. Don't worry, God is counting. Just raise your hand. I'm, I'm just saying. How many of you picked it? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you finished it? Okay. How many of you started getting tired when you were reading Leviticus? Right? Leviticus. Okay. Interesting statistic says only 15 to 20% of Christians in their lifetime read the Bible cover to cover. If you have ever finished the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you are among the top 20. Globally, most Christians in their lifetime never finish the Bible cover to cover. You know why? They start every year. Until they get to Deuteronomy. Until they miss one day. And miss two days. And miss three days. And squad, they have 14 chapters. Just say, don't worry. 2024 is a year. <laughs> and can I tell you something? The time to cover that Bible verses, you have it. That same person, when he's tired, we just put on his status. Any recommended series, DM me. Be my plug. You just see. Guys, just say, ah, rah, this one, that one. See how many? Say, I say it's not even long yet, 13. The last one I watched was 24. They'll just take break. Hmm? Self-care. And finish 13 episodes of a movie that will not move your life forward. In fact, by the time you have watched that movie, the little faith you have in God was taken out. Your unbelief grew. And yet, it's no time to read God's word. Okay, that's just to tell someone that, go and look for that plan. Try to finish it. Let's read, right? Uh, verse what? Verse 16. Okay. And someone came to him, the rich ruler, and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I might obtain eternal life? And he said, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. Verse 18. Then he said to him, Which ones? I like this guy. And Jesus said, You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Let me explain something. We, we, I pray the Holy Spirit gives me the time and permission to teach on false witness. But a believer, let me just say this, right? Because I feel the Spirit of God want me to say it. 
A child of God must never share anything, must never say anything you haven't confirmed is true. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's false witness. It's saying something against someone that's not true. A child of God shouldn't share unverified information. And that's, that's very important. In our days of social media, things are written about people we're not sure and we're quick to carry the news. Don't be that way. We'll talk about this some other time. Verse 19, honor your father and mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So how many of you, from what I have been teaching so far, what level of consecration do you feel this falls into? Or do you think it falls into? Can we agree this is general consecration? Why do we say it's general consecration? The commandment of God. Right. The young man said to him, all these things I've kept. What am I still lacking? So we find that this young man kept the general consecration. Now God was taking this one notch higher. Jesus now needed personal consecration. Now remember, pay very close attention here, don't miss it. Remember, every command that was given, that Jesus just mentioned, was given to how many people? Everyone. Everyone is to keep those commandments. Was given to the whole nation of Israel. So this was general. This was the word to everyone. Now, look at this. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept, what am I still lacking? Jesus said, If you wish to be complete. Some versions, not, not versions, some of the writers, if you look at Mark and the rest, they said, And Jesus loving him said to him. So these words, Hey, you're a, you're a candidate to be a disciple. Let's stretch this further. Go and sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Now, pay attention. Realize that this phrase, come, follow me, is the same phrase Jesus used to call all the twelve disciples. Now, pay attention. Pay very close attention. There were people Jesus healed and they said, we want to follow you. And Jesus says, no. Go home and testify. There were people, pay close attention, that wanted to follow Jesus and Jesus says, don't follow me. Here, this man didn't say he wanted to follow Jesus. This is one man Jesus wanted him to follow him. And then he gives him a personal consecration. This is not a general commandment to everybody to sell what they have and follow Jesus. This was said to only him. Let's look at his response. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Now let me, ex let me explain something to you, right? That scripture we always quote with people, this is impossible, what we got, all things are possible. It's not when you are looking for a job. If you read down, is a statement that God can help you keep your personal consecration. Because the disciples now ask, let's read now. The way you are looking at me now. Let's read. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, I say to you, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
And again I said to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were astonished and said, then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said to them, with people it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. What this verse of scripture is saying is that making God your choice will make it easier for you to enter the kingdom of heaven. That God can help you make that choice. On your human strength, you might not be able to. Why is this scripture important to us? Because every time God wants you to fulfill destiny, He might make certain personal consecrations demand from you. And listen, with humans, it might be impossible. But with God, you can meet the demands of those consecrations. Do you understand the context now? You can use it whatever you want to use it, but just know the context, know what he's saying. Why did he say it's difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? Because the riches will prevent that man from obeying certain personal consecrations. Can you see where personal consecration comes in now? What is God asking you to do, not your friend? Personal consecration. Personal consecration. What kind of life is God asking you to do? To live. What demands is God putting on you? And sometimes we come into difficulties because we share our personal consecration with others and they, they struggle to understand why we are doing that. Imagine this man meeting his friends and saying, do you know what that, that, that Jesus told me? He said, I should sell all I have and come follow him. Say, wow. Thank God. Did you sell it? Say, no. Hmm, thank God for your life. Do you realize there are ladies your friends can marry, very good people, but you cannot. You know, I use my life as a personal example, and that's why when I teach singles, I tell them, if God helps you to find your purpose in life, it will help you a lot. I mean, there's, I absolutely have nothing, the beautiful, amazing, you know, career women in our church, and I bless God for their lives, but because of the kind of assignments that God is giving to me, pioneering, planting churches, traveling and all of that, it was very easy for me to know that yeah, I, I can't marry a career person because I'll need someone to stay with the kids. It's personal consecration. It's just something that helps me to fulfill purpose. Which also means that the other partner, and that's very important also because it's not about just the woman helping you to fulfill purpose because I think that's one message that's been that's been um, taught in a very one-sided way. It's about also that woman knowing that that's her purpose. And it's fine with it. I remember the early days of our marriage. You know, then purpose message was strong, strong, strong. You know, every time I ask Pastor Mary, so what's your purpose? So what's your, one day just say, my purpose is to take care of you and the children. <laughs> you know? And after a while, God began to, you know, really settle that deep in our heart. And we're just fine with it. I know some people just come, ah, the way your husband is traveling, why are you not traveling? Hmm, if it's me, everywhere, I'll be his hamburger. Not on what I, do you know where I go to go and preach? You know, so if you don't understand purpose, and I mean, I should listen to those kind of women long enough, before you know I'm going here, say, I will follow you, my friend, I'm your hamburger. It's not hamburger issue. We're not going to sell bags. 
Are you following what I'm saying? Now, it might look very funny, but sometimes confusion comes into people's homes when other people start talking to them about their personal concentration. Are you following what I'm saying? Oh, as a pastor, no, you cannot do this. If you do this, before you know the very consecration God has demanded from you, what will you do? You will start changing it. That's why you must be careful who you allow to speak to your personal consecration. Sometimes your family will not agree with the demands. Hey, let's be honest. Who do you think this man will explain this action to and will clap for him? Like, why are you selling this? Say, I'm going to follow the master. Why are you selling this? Say, can you not follow the master and keep some? <laughs> That's what one of my aunties told me when I said, God has called me to full-time ministry. You know, she and I said, oh, I've got a lecturing job for you at the Polytechnic. And you know, I love to lecture. It's, it's like a big dream for me. You know? So I said, no, I can't take it. God wants me to go full-time. She now asked me a very <laughs> interesting question. He said, those who are lecturing in university are pastoring. Are they not doing God's work? How many of you know that's very logical? I said, I don't know if they are doing God's work or not. The one that God has called me to do, this is how the work is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, people will give you comparisons. That's why you cannot compare yourself with others because your consecration it differs. And this man walked away from an opportunity to be a disciple of Jesus because he couldn't meet those demands. What consecration is God asking of you so you can fulfill destiny? Sometimes, you know, I think at two stages in my life, when God asked me to give up two friendships that I had, boy, it was difficult. Oh, it was difficult. I love those, my friends. And then the Lord said, it's time. You need to see where this so you can focus on what I want you to do. It was tough. Because how do you explain? How do you go and meet somebody and say, uh, God said... <laughs> this consecration is death to self the moment where God will ask you to bury certain things for some of you it's certain dreams that's not allowing God's purpose to flow through your life you just have this dream that fights with God's dream for your life all over the time all over the, all the time sorry hmm? you've had this picture of your life rich young ruler resources and when you were asking of eternal life, you didn't imagine God would say, hey, bury this. See, let me tell you, when God has special interest in your life, He will place demands on you. And it's a blessed thing for God to place demands on you. It's a blessed thing. When you think your life is just getting comfortable, God says, do this. I remember Lester Summerall. He had a very successful ministry in the U.S. And God says, I want to use you in the Philippines pulled the man out of the U.S., took him to the Philippines. He's the, the, the latter part of his ministry was such a blessing. Hmm? Philip had a mighty revival going on in Samaria. And God picks him and says, come to the desert and preach to one man. How many of you think it would be very comfortable after preaching to a large church like this? God now says, go to Philippines and go and preach to one man. Hmm? What will church growth experts tell you, why don't you send someone? Delegation. Train your sons in the ministry and release them. But this demand was that God was sending you there. In fact, it was so strong, God didn't allow him to use a regular transport. God transported him there. 
And you are teaching that man and discover that he is a big man in Ethiopia. So you are feeling, well, I now know why God sent me here. To fund the ministry. Right? And the scripture says immediately, <laughs> the man was baptized. God took him out again. God didn't even give him permission to receive offerings. To take seed for the word. Personal consecration. If you don't have any personal consecration in your life right now, it means you haven't gone a step further to ask God about your life and your purpose. The truth of the matter is, if you ask God, He will place certain demands on your life. And you know why this message is interesting? It's because in our day-to-day, we live with a bandwagon mentality. Excuse me. How is every church running? Now, I remember one time, I was telling a pastor, I said, oh, we don't do all night in our church. We looked weird. You know, one of the reasons people find our church very weird is personal consecration. I know some of you feel uncomfortable describing this church to people. You like the church, but say, do you do this? Say, no. What about this one? Say, no. Are you sure? Because our idea of church is do everything. I remember someone came to me. <laughs> Interesting. Say, I like this, your church. I like it a lot. Uh, but uh, uh, why don't you people share the grace? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I said, I said which grace? He said, the grace. Don't you know the grace? I said, yes, I know the grace. Which of them? <laughs> he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So I said, did God ask you to share it? No, I said, do you have an instruction to say, when you finish service, share the grace? He said, eh. I said, no. Paul was writing to people. That's how Paul closed this letter. We don't have an instruction that when service finished, we must share the grace. I said, is the grace in the Bible? He said, yes. I said, okay, I chose another portion that that's how we will close our service. He said, eh, but if you share the grace, more people will understand. I said, no, people are sharing the grace because they are in ignorance. Somebody copied someone and copied someone and copied someone. It's not an instruction that at the end of every service, the grace, surely, surely, amen, amen. You have no idea what Paul was even talking about there. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I mean, people just end up copying each other. And I can point out hundreds of traditions in churches that you know what? We just copy. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm just saying that's why I don't do what everybody does. Because some things are just copying. So when, when I finished that question, so I was talking to the, to the person. So I said, uh, do you people do, do have choir in your church? He said, yes. I said, okay. Where is it in the New Testament that we should have choir? He said, should you not sing to the Lord? I said, go and study the scriptures. Find it. So you also find that there are many things we do that you cannot readily find in scripture. But we do them for the sake of organization. 
Just stretch your brain a bit, Abby. Personal consecration. Hmm? And as long as I live, I don't bow to people's opinion when it comes to the local church. What I see in God's word, what I find in God's word, what I find is the truth of God's word. And I'm not just talking about passed down tradition. I'm talking about things I've taken my time to study are the things I stick by. Because you know what? One of the greatest things that build traditions in our life is what? Mentality. Everybody's going in this direction. We'll run that way. Everybody's going in this direction. We'll run that way. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine today and I was saying that many people repeat mistakes because they don't take time enough to study church history. If you study church history, you would see a repetition of certain mistakes. Right? I'll tell you something. Let me just tell you this extra. It's not to, but it will help you. You know, people that use anointing oil a lot, you know, bottle of oil and everything, they always attribute it to Smith Wigglesworth. Right? They always attribute it to Smith Wigglesworth. But what you don't understand is Smith Wigglesworth wasn't educated. He was a plumber. He wasn't educated. The wife was. And if you study church history carefully, you realize that a lot of people who were not educated, they always had those prophetic acts, things that they kind of used. If you, if you study church history, um, CAC, you realize that CAC founder also used water. If you go read Chotty, you realize that most people who got called without, they were not very educated, they had most of those things that was like an expression of faith for them. Christianity was meant to be transmitted by a logical understanding of the scriptures. And that's where I'm going. I, I brought that for a reason. Sometimes you find that ministers of the gospel teach their personal consecration as general consecration. That's where you need to be careful. If this man now, called the rich young ruler, was to become a pastor, what do you think he will make out of the instruction Jesus gave to him? Sell all you have and give to the poor. Was that a general? No. So you must be careful when you are following any minister that their personal consecration that is demanded of them to fulfill destiny do not become a doctrine. That's where the scripture says you teach the commandments of men as doctrines. So you hear somebody say, if you don't pray this number of hours, you cannot fulfill destiny. It's not scriptures. It is not scriptures. It sounds good but there's nowhere in the Bible where God says, pray a certain number of hours for you to fulfill destiny. Now, God might require that for me. I remember uh, sometimes, uh, I don't know, maybe last year or so, you know, I went on a long fast. You know, so usually when I fast, this is just me, okay? Usually when I fast, I can say I'm going on a long fast and I start fasting and I get the answers to what I want to do and I just break my fast because, I mean... The reason I'm fasting is to hear God or find the answer or something. So once I get clarity in my spirit, I just break the fast. So that particular time, I had done a few days, and I just got a sense of what I was, you know, just meditating on. So I was heading to the kitchen, <laughs> uh, as usual, and the Lord says, hey, put a pause. 
And he says, this battle will be won by your longevity. So I knew God wanted me to complete the fast. And that's the longest I fasted since I started ministry. Now that's a personal consecration. I cannot teach it as a doctrine. Okay? As a family, we give 35% of our income above our tithes. So we give our tithes and then we give 35% of our income. We live below 35% of our income. That's personal consecration. We started with 20 when we got married. At the point, the Lord says, hey, take this up to 30. And we took it up to 30. And I think two years ago, the Lord says, make it 35. And our heart and our goal, our desire, is to be able to give 90% of our income and live on 10. That's where we're building towards. But it's personal consecration. I cannot teach that as doctrine. So you must also be careful not to copy the personal consecration of your friends. Because this consecration is based on their unique destiny. And you also have to make sure that the personal consecration of others do not make you feel less. Because there might be other areas God is demanding of you. Even husbands and wives, in as much as you should be in agreement, there are different demands for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't expect that the demands of my life and the demands of Pastor Mary will be the same. Demands are different. The offices are different. And I really pray for you tonight that you take this message to heart and walk it with the Lord. The Lord will begin to give you specific things. Okay? Let me talk about this and then... Then there's what you call seasonal consecration. Do you now understand personal consecration? Personal consecration is that unique instruction God is giving to you. And I use this, it can range from anything. It can range from break this relationship, pray, give. It can range for anything. But is that personal thing God is demanding from me? Okay. I know a couple, but I don't want to mention their names, uh, but I know uh, some very top ministers in the world that they just chose not to have children. So they can give themselves over to the work of the kingdom. It's a personal consecration. Do you think it's very easy? It's not easy. So I'm going to ask them. They go to meetings. They see other people's children. <sighs> the day I learned of it, I was like, great is your faith. You know? There are people, the Bible says there are those who are eunuch for the kingdom's sake. And there are those who make themselves eunuch for the sake of the kingdom. There are people who choose not to get married for the sake of the kingdom. You know, we don't talk about that right now. Oh, we don't talk about that right now. Because to us, once you have something standing in front of your chest, next marriage. Once your voice, next marriage. You know, sometimes we don't even, we don't even find out from God if people should get married. We don't even have that conversation. Because by the time we are giving birth to them, we have already planned by 72, two children. 70, uh, grandchildren. The family lineage is there. So it's not even a conversation we're having. Because it's a heads mentality. It's a heads mentality. Everything we're doing, we already have the way it should go. And that is why we struggle with serving God. Because actually what has happened is we have planned our life all we are just needing God to do is, uh, okay, I'm in chapter 1, now put your stamp. We are not saying, God, what do you want? It is God, this I want. Oh yeah, give me. This I want. 
Right? Hey, come on. It's not about what he wants. So that's why when you hear messages like this, it sometimes, it sometimes look off. Because our concept of God is, he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. And we have many. <laughs> no, it's very interesting today. And, and, uh, I'm starting something shortly called um, Skip Lunch for Missions. Just want to mobilize people who give up their lunch so we can sow into the life of missionaries. Because I just realized something. All over right now, people are saying, oh, pastors can't be full-time. They have to get a job. Pastors can't be full-time. They can't live on Titan offerings. And you know, I mean, we're blessed in this church. Extremely blessed. The Lord has blessed us. We travel the world. But you don't want to know what people go through to preach the gospel. So I was sharing with Pastor Mary about a missionary we just assisted. He's, he's right in the village, one of these Benway State villages, and he's farming. And you know, this headsman come in, destroyed their farm in the last trip, you know, the last two years. So they've not literally been able to go to the farm. This guy is a Microsoft certified, you know, computer scientist. Microsoft certified computer scientist. And God says, hey, I need you in the mission field. And I sends him to that, that village. And he's teaching. So he has to pick up a teaching job. Guess how much they are paying him? 7,000 naira a month. In Nigeria today. So I was talking with him and I'm like, oh, this is what. So I said, oh, just be of a blessing to you. So we sent him something as a family. When he saw it, the man was almost in tears because he was, you know, and that was, that's really was, it, it was nothing in that sense to us. It wasn't something we call a sacrificial seed. And I just thought about it that what about if I can get people who just skip their lunch? So we can give to missionaries. And that's where that idea of skip lunch for missions came. What am I trying to tell you? Do you think you can marry that kind of man? Those of you who want a God-fearing man. Because your concept of a God-fearing man is the man in the city with swag, with beers, neatly worshipping. Your God-fearing man is not a man who has a Microsoft engineering certificate and is in Benway, right? But do you know that that is actually who is a God-fearing man? The man who fears God enough to obey. See all the sisters in the church are just laughing. Say, Pastor, it's okay, it's okay. Next, next. That's the point. So the truth of the matter is, you realize that we already have our lives. And that's why I keep telling people, don't say, I will not marry a pastor. I will not marry a pastor. Just say, God, make your choice for me. Because you might marry a banker. And just as his me to become a manager. Alright. That's why some of you will warn the people you are marrying. Will God call you? Say no. Look into your life 10 years from now. Will he call? Say no. And that is why some people, when God has now called them, because of the vow they have made, their hearts, say how will I tell her now? What will I say now? Alright. So when we are getting married, I told Pastor, said this journey we're going. I'm not sure how God will bless us. We might not be rich. I made it as scary as possible. And thank God for the kind of heart. In fact, we're talking some few days ago, and I was telling her, actually, when we finished youth service in Zamfara, I felt the Lord wanted me to be in the north. So I was actually planning to go to Zaria. 
I like I like missions. I, I like missions. I like I like those. those um, that's 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 where I thrive. I like missions. I just like all those stuff, you know. So I was telling her, ah, by now we would have been in Zaria, and she was telling me of her journey up north and the rest until the Lord said we should come this way. When I knew these secrets early in my Christian walk, I removed all forms of ambition. As I'm here. There is nowhere God cannot ask me to go. There is nothing God cannot ask me to give. I don't tie myself to things. Once my heart starts getting tied to a place that looks like comfort and safety for me, I'm searching my heart so that it's not difficult to obey God. If not, you will build your life on what? False things. And for some of you, it's the Lord calling you to business. I'm not saying everybody has to be a preacher. It's the Lord calling you to business. And what do you think if you now have that well-paying job and God now says, hey, come boy, I want to use you as a kingdom entrepreneur. How many of you think you will need faith? You will need faith. So, you understand what I'm saying? Everybody doesn't have to be a missionary. Everybody doesn't have to be a pastor. But I'm just saying about personal consecrations God will demand of you to fulfill purpose. God asks that rich young ruler, Sell all you have. Give to the poor. Come follow me. The man says, I can't do it. For your purpose, God has a personal consecration. He wants you. And I believe tonight, God will be speaking to some of you, your heart. Hmm? Personally, this is what I want. This is what I want. When the Lord asks us to come to Bunny Island, we're about to start a school. He's given us a land. We've printed flyers. We've, read, we've printed flyers. Printed banner for the school. And we're running a, a daycare then. Pastor Mary, we had like four staff. The kids come back to our parlor. We had a daycare. And the Lord says, leave everything. Right? We had a car. And God says, give everything. Showed us the lady in the church to give the car to. God says, give everything and come. Give out all my clothes. Came into this island with 4,000 naira in my pocket. Two shirts and two trousers. I remember the Sunday morning I was to preach. I was like, God... I don't even have a shirt to wear. I can't forget for the rest of my life. That evening, Gabriel Omin came, knocked on the door. He was not even a member of our church then. He was going to redeem. Just knocked on the door Saturday night. I was in five minutes. Knocked on the door and says, I don't know, but I just feel like giving you these three shirts. And he gave me the shirts. Those were the shirts I used to preach the next Sunday. Imagine coming from where you're the peer to your father, administrator, resident pastor, coming into this land. Right? And when it was time to move, Pastor Mary had to leave the daycare. We left everything and we came. That's personal consecration. And of course, when God was sending us here, He didn't show us a vision of this building. Right? If I when we were coming, I felt... Because <laughs> uh, I like to travel. First time I came into Bonnie Island, I said, I'm finished. You know, I've told, I'll just make this quick. Now, I told you the story. When I entered the local boat, right? I had that terrible experience at Peter's side. I said, because that I just told myself, I'm not doing all these booking things here. Yeah, you stand by, stand here. So I'm not doing. You know, sometimes it's not good to have strong will. Self-control. I rushed to the local boat, entered. By the time we got to Peter's side there, 
Oh boy. The engine went off. And some women have started singing Igbo songs. You know, it's funeral. I said, <laughs> I've told you the story, right? The ship was coming. People were already waving. People were crying. The man has said, go and stand in front of the boat. All kinds of... Ah. So I asked the guy, what, what can we do now to live here? He said, except this engine starts. I said, start the engine in Jesus' name. The guy drew the thing. thing came alive. We escaped. <laughs> when we got here, they're asking me, that, are you a pastor? The experience was so traumatic, I could not answer anybody. Tunji came to pick me there. Took me to the area. He said, Pastor, what happened? I said, don't worry. So I went, just slept. Woke up. Had my bath. When I could feel water touching my body, then I knew that I did not die. <laughs> Personal consecration. God will, make, God will place demands. I remember when we were having Zara. Pastor May was, was about going into labor. And then I had a seminar here. Which church just started. That seminar, we were less than 10 people, but I'd already print, printed fires. I needed to come and preach. Here was Pastor Mary. She needed to give birth. And I can't, remember, I can't forget what she said. She said, we've printed the flyer. Go. Don't worry. I'll be fine. She was going to the hospital. I was going to the park. And I can't forget where I was when they called me that she's giving birth to Zara. I was at Imbiama Junction. I was in Anago for a motor. Then they called me. She's a girl. Thank you, Jesus. And then I had to be here for three weeks preaching before I go back. I didn't see her until... Oga, we have paid price for this thing. Leave suits. Leave traveling abroad. Leave pastor is flying to... We have paid some prizes in this work of God. He has demanded our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Forget about this suit. Forget pulpit. Forget light. We've walked with God through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, when you walk with God and like Paul, you say, he that gives life to the dead. Right? You just die to your ambitions. Personal consecration. Let's look at this quickly. Seasonal consecrations. Seasonal consecrations. These are consecration that God gives you for a season. They are not permanent. They are just for a season. I'm sharing these stories with you so that this message will be practical. I don't want this to be theory. One of the prayers you're going to pray tonight is, Lord, what do you demand of me? What should I do? You can't hold on to things. Stop your flow of destiny. <laughs> I was preaching in seasonal uh, consecration. Turn your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 1. Quickly, read this. <laughs> when God demands certain seasons, Galatians 1 11 to 20. Quickly. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. Verse 12, for, night, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism. How I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and try to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism. And I said this, everything in this world is trying to destroy Christianity. You have to fight for Christianity. You have to advance the cause of God. It says, and I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when God 
Look at this, destiny. Who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Look at this. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Then three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him for 15 days. Alright? When you read this story, you realize that, pay attention, when God called Paul, Bible history had it. He went to Arabia and studied personally for about three years. This is seasonal consecration. Some seasons God will call you to prayer. Some season God will call you to study. And you cannot fulfill um, purpose if you don't respond to these seasons. You know, it's interesting when you hear believers talk, God has been telling me to pray. God has been telling me to pray. I have not really had time. You see, what you're saying is you don't have time to fulfill the purpose God has for you. What are seasonal consecration? These are not things God will demand for you all the time. I was preaching in Nairobi, Kenya. preaching at my friend's program, Grace Well. Right? And I was preaching. I was talking about increase. Talking about prosperity. Talking about increase. And as we were praying, the Lord asked me to send a particular seed, to give a particular seed. Highest I've ever given in my life. It would empty my account. Usually I don't give those things without speaking with pastors. So I send a message to pastors that this is what God is asking me to get. And you know, she just said, I be sure it's God, though, because I know you like to be just be sure. It was everything we had. It was, when I mean sacrificial, sacrificial to the bone. Now, when I was in that meeting, I felt like, you know what? We can go ahead and give the seed. When I went back to my hotel room, and I, so, you know, so I was praying, just, you know, talking with the Lord in my heart, like, okay, fine. Because this is a huge amount you want us to give, uh, we can give it, you know, we will give it, but we'll give it gradually. And the Lord says, no, do it once. Okay. I looked at my account, looked at what the Lord wanted us to give. I could not find faith in my heart to give it. I'm telling you, I could not find faith in my heart to give it. So I was thinking of which message can I listen to that can bear faith. So I remember one message. I checked, I didn't have it. So I called my friend. I said, look for this message. Buy it for me. In the US. So he bought the message for me. So I told, I told myself, I will listen to this message 100 times. So I drew my schedule. I listened to it about 98 times. And, you know, that seed was as much as gone. I just planted the seed. I had to generate faith to sow it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What's that seasonal consecration? And God did not say, sow it so I will do this for you. He just said, give it. There was no promise. Seasonal. So certain seasons, God will place demands on you. Maybe for a season, God is pointing a book to you. Read that book. Read that book. Respond to it. You cannot, listen, you cannot fulfill, and I'm, I'm saying the word cannot in capital letters. You cannot fulfill destiny if you don't obey general consecration. And it's from the general consecration. We talked about the rich young ruler, right? He kept all the commandments and God now said the next level. What was the next level? Sell all you have and give to me. Personal. And you cannot fulfill destiny if you don't first keep general consecration, personal consecration, and within the context of personal consecration, what's going to happen? Seasonal. 
There are seasons God will call you to fast. There are seasons God will call you. There are seasons God will call you to just so, to just give. There are seasons God will call you to pray. There are seasons God will call you into isolation. Just study. Stay with me. I want to make something out of your life. Let me tell you the truth. If you are serious about fulfilling destiny, you will know that your life is your responsibility to obey God. And the commandments of God are not grievous. Let's be on our feet. Can we sing that song? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Do we still have it? How many of you know this song? Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, unto thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. While they are singing, I want you to just meditate. Just take the next three minutes on this. Just meditate. Just pray. Don't, don't worry about the music team. Just say, Lord, take my life. Show me what are my personal consecrations. Everyone, let's begin to pray. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless race. Take my life and let it be. Let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my my moments. And my days, let them While the song is going on, why don't you respond to the Lord? Why don't you respond to the demands of destiny? Take my will, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart. It is thy own. It is thy Let own. my heart be your royal throne. God demands us. Take my, take my will and make, and make it thine. Where we submit to the will of God. Jesus. God is demanding things from us. That relationship that seeks to destroy you. Take my love. At thy feet. Take Why don't you ask the Lord tonight, what do you demand of me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
We make a demand today, Lord, that we will be available for your service. Can we just sing the first verse again together, everybody? Consecrated Lord to thee. Take my moments. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow with ceaseless praise. Now listen. 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 Following God is costly. The earlier you tell yourself that, the better for you. Sometimes family will reject you, but you have to tell yourself. It's a lonely part. It's a lonely part. Let's not make this thing look like when you make this choice, life is going to be easy. No, it won't. Some, you have to let go of some relationships. It will be tough. These are people you like. These are people you love, but it's time to pursue the path of destiny. Some decisions are tough. I remember one of these days I was about to travel and, you know, Zara came. I was like, must you travel again? I had to see that done. I said, it's part of what I need to do to fulfill God. It's not comfortable putting yourself on the plane all the time, traveling all the time. But you know, like what we sang, I've given my will. It's now your will. I pray for you tonight that you will receive the courage tonight to obey personal demands. That when God asks of you to give that seed, to give that time to prayer, to give that time to reading and the study of the Word of God, I pray for you today that you will not fail destiny. That God will not look at your spots and, and see an empty spot because you were too much in compromise or too lazy to pursue. And let me tell you this. One of the greatest hindrances to fulfilling destiny is friends. Because we always want to make our friends happy. You must come to the place where you can stand alone. And say, you know what? This is what God demands for my life. And this is what I'm going to do. I pray for everyone tonight. Receive grace to fulfill destiny. Receive grace to obey the personal demands of God for your life. And if you have not heard those personal demands tonight, God makes a demand on you. You would hear clearly in the name of Jesus. Whatever God requires of you, you will know and you will hear in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. <clears throat> Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Are you blessed tonight? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.